Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. So we're talking about surrender. We're talking about surrender. Now, last week, I, I, I started this sermon. It was so much to put into one sermon that I actually went to two parts. And I want you to get out your sermon notes. And we're going to do a very, very quick review from, from last week. And I want to start with a, a verse of scripture that's not going to be on the screen. It's not in your notes. But I want to tell you what we're up against, what, what, what is happening in the world today. And it was prophesied through the, the prophet Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, starting in verse 26, you'll read this, and it's very much a, a prophetic word for, for us. He says this, I will give you, this is really God speaking through Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart, and I will put my spirit in you. And he goes on to say, this is Justin's paraphrase. He goes on to say, I will put my spirit in you so that you can actually follow my ways. Now, how many of you have ever had a stony, stubborn heart? Well, I have. I have. In fact, I still struggle with it. And that's the tension that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, that we have stony ground still in our heart that sometimes it's hard for the word of God to penetrate because we don't want the word of God to penetrate it because we sometimes don't want to give up what we've been involved with or we just say, you know, the Holy Spirit is calling us into something and instead of saying, yes, I'll go, we say, I don't know and I've never been there and I've never done that and that makes me uncomfortable and I really enjoy this and it's this tension that we have in this life that we crave oftentimes the things of this world, but we crave worldly things more than we crave the gift and, and the person of the Holy Spirit and what he has for us. And it's this tension. Can I tell you, every time that you sin, it's because there is a craving, there is a sinful nature in you that, that there's a battle happening within you because the things of the world stand in opposition to the things of the spirit and the spirit in opposition to the things of the world. And we want to gratify the cravings of our sinful nature. And at the same time as Christians, we also want to be satisfied in the Holy Spirit and also to, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it's this tension. What are we going to do in the moment that we're tempted, you know, not to follow the spirit of God, but to follow our sinful cravings. And, and we, we said, you know, there are temptations that come to us day after day after day, and yet we're called to live a life of surrender, a life of surrender. Not a surrender to your sinful nature or to, to be devoted to the things of this world, but actually a life of surrender to Christ and a life of surrender to the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to prove that to you today. And I, I want to say at the very beginning, what we're going to do today is we're going to ask God to remove this stony stubborn heart from us and give us a heart that is tender and responsive to the spirit of God. So let's pray about that before we go any further. Heavenly Father, all of us deal with stubbornness. 
a stony heart. And, and you, you've done so much in us. We don't want to... We don't want to forget that. We remember that you are, are and have been so very good, but we still have things that we're struggling with. And I pray today, Father, that not only in this day, but in every day to come, you would give us hearts that are tender and responsive to the voice of your spirit and your word. Let it be for the glory of your name and for the benefit of your people. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Letter A, write this down. Here's the review. We talked about this last week that I don't have the power to overcome sin by myself. I don't have the power to overcome sin by myself. So if you're planning on willpower being enough to help you overcome sin in your life, you're, you're, you're fighting a losing battle. But it goes to, to let her be, write this down, that my greatest resource then to overcome sin is actually not me. But it's the Holy Spirit. He says, I will take your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart because I'll put my spirit in you. So the spirit of God is the one who helps us surrender, fully surrender our lives to Jesus. Let, let, let's uh, look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. So there's this battle. That's what I've been talking about. This battle happening in us. And, and, and the battle is, are we going to follow the leading of the spirit or are we going to follow the, the desires of our sinful nature? Are we, going to go, are we going to move forward in Christ or are we going to go back to the things of the world? Romans 8, 12 says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, you should highlight that, by the Spirit, by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Let me say this in a different way. The only way you're going to put to death the misdeeds of the body is not through willpower, but it is through the Spirit of God being at work in your life. So here's something I, I, I've taught for many years, and I'm going to bring it up again today. I bring this up about once a year because it's so critical for you to understand how to grow in your relationship, not only with the Lord, but also with the Holy Spirit, and how, how to move away from your sinful desires and embrace a life of holiness or a life of surrender in Christ Jesus. The first one is, I must stop focusing on behavior modification. I've got to stop focusing on behavior modification. You know that you're stuck in a world of, of behavior modification when you, when you say things like this, man, I really need to stop doing that. Man, I, I really need to give that up. My goodness, I did it again. I can't believe I did it again. I don't want to do that ever again. And what you're doing is saying, I want to change my behavior. Instead of taking that to the Lord and saying, Holy Spirit, I need your help because I don't want to do that again. See, so there's a difference, everybody. When you're trying to modify your own behavior, you're doing it through your own willpower. But the greatest resource in your life to overcome sin is not your willpower. Your willpower was given to you so that you could say yes to God. It was not given to you so you could say no to sin. 
That's the Holy Spirit's role in your life. If by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, how do we put to death the misdeeds of the body? Meaning, how do we put to death the sinful nature? We do it through the Holy Spirit. And if you're trying to do it on your own, that's just called behavior modification. And by the way, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Fact number two, write this down. That my flesh doesn't need to be improved. In fact, my flesh needs to be put to death. So a lot of you, well, I'd be a better person if I could just stop cussing, if I could just stop looking at that, if I could stop talking like that, if I could stop, stop, you know, A, B, C, or D, if I could just do that, I would just be a better person. Listen, can I tell you, you are not called to improve your flesh. Your flesh is not meant to be improved. It is meant to die. It is meant to be put to death. And you think, wow, that's really strong verbiage. I'm not the one who wrote the book. I'm just telling you what the Bible says, and I'll prove that to you here in a second. But we have to put to death, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the things that would keep us from our best life in Christ Jesus. And it's called a life of surrender. A life of surrender. And the way to live your best life is surrendering your life to the Holy Spirit and counting on his power to help you say no to sin. So if I were to ask a, a question of, of all of us here in this room, don't, you don't have to raise your hand, please don't. Uh, although every hand would go up. If I were to say, how many of you gave in to sin this past week? How many of you sinned this past week? I think the vast majority of us would say, yeah, I did something. I said something. I, I, I went somewhere. I thought something. I acted out something. I, I, yeah, I, I've sinned. Can I tell you, that moment that you sinned was a moment in which you did not surrender to the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what that moment was. That's what that moment was. It was a lack of surrender to the Holy Spirit. Because the vast majority of the time, when you sin, you knowingly sin. I know I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Beep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know that you need to watch your words, and sometimes you know, but I deserve to say this. And I, well, I, I can't help it, Pastor. Don't ever tell me that. Don't ever tell me that. Well, Pastor, I just can't help it. I just can't control my words. What you're saying is, what you're saying is, this is, this is what I hear. I refuse to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says, if through the Holy Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The Holy Spirit is empowering you as a Christian to put that thing to death. And you say, well, I just can't help it. What it really means is what you're really saying is, I refuse to submit to the Holy Spirit. I, I refuse to surrender to God. I don't think the Holy Spirit has enough power to deliver me from this thing in my life. And can I tell you something? When I explain it to you like that, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, he's right. He's right. Nothing is impossible with God. So you can't tell me that, well, I just can't do it. I just can't. It's just not in me. you, You know what? The power, you're right. The power to overcome it by yourself is not in you. You're right. But if you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit is in you. And through his power, you can be free, everybody. You can be free. And we say, more Holy Spirit. Like, Holy Spirit, I just want more of you. I need more 
of you. Because I got some stuff going inside of me that I don't like, and I know you don't like it. So Holy Spirit, more of you. The flesh is not meant to be improved. You know, a lot of times when, when I'm counseling people and talking to them, they'll like, well, how are things going concerning that one issue that they're facing? How are things going? Well, it's better. And part of me is like, hey, praise God, it's better. But we're not aiming at better. We're aiming at free. Because if, if you think, well, I'm, I'm just doing better, that's just an improvement of the flesh. I don't want to improve my flesh. I want my flesh to die. I want, so I'm not, I'm not aiming at better. I'm aiming at free. And I cannot, I cannot see freedom in my life without truth, without Christ, without the Holy Spirit. How, how many are getting what I'm saying, everybody? The, the flesh is not meant to be improved. You're not meant to just have a better day. You're meant to have a freed day. You're meant to be free. You're meant to be. And I'm saying this with a smile on my face because as soon as you catch this, your world is about to be rocked. As soon as you catch this where you say, where you live your life according to the Holy Spirit and the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit, you're about to experience some things that you've never experienced. You're about to experience God's best for your life. And I am so excited for you. I'm so, but you've got, you've got to embrace it. As I've taught you, your response is your responsibility. Justin cannot set you free. But there's nothing impossible with God. So our flesh doesn't need to be improved. It needs to be put to death. The Greek word for flesh that we read throughout the New Testament, it literally means, it's the word sarks in the Greek, it literally means of human origin or human empowerment. Of human origin or human empowerment. So the flesh is anything done apart from faith in Christ. It is that which has not been transformed by God. That's the flesh. So now... The Bible says, let's go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. Let's just stop right there. If you live according to, to trying yourself to, if you live trying to overcome sin in your own willpower, anything of human origin or human empowerment, so it doesn't just mean sinful cravings. It doesn't just mean sinful desires. It, it means if you live according to, 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 to your mindset that says, hey, I'm going to do this all by myself, the Bible says, if you live according to the flesh, if you try in your own human power, you're not going to succeed. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, will bring freedom to your life when you surrender your life to the Spirit of God, to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you how in just a second, so hang in there. Let, in fact, let me, well, let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 7 and 8 first. The mind governed by the flesh is actually hostile to God. When you're just depending on willpower alone to conquer sin, did you know that that mindset is hostile to God? Because you're giving yourself credit for only what God can do. Oh, that's good stuff. I'm, I am preaching better than you're amening, everybody. just want you to know that when you try it on your own, you're actually saying, hey, I get the credit for this. But how many knows all glory 
goes to God and God alone. You and I are not worthy of any glory. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh, they simply cannot please God. And that's why so many of you are getting frustrated. When am I going to overcome this? I keep failing. I don't want to fail at this anymore. When am I going to overcome this? You are getting frustrated because you're going about it the wrong way. You're trying to improve your behavior. You're trying to modify your behavior. You're trying to improve your flesh instead of through the power of the Holy Spirit, allowing your flesh to die. It just needs to die. Let, let, me, show you, let me show you something in Scripture, and I wasn't planning on uh, doing this um, in either service, to, to be honest with you, but I'm, I'm going to do it. This is, a, this is out of Galatians chapter 5. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to read this to you. But the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and the last one is self-control. Against, against these things, there is no law. Let, let me get to both of those things in a second. The fruit of the Spirit, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Is self-control. Control and it is a fruit of the of the spirit. It's not a fruit of Justin. It's not a fruit of Johnny. It's not a fruit of Susie. It's a fruit of the spirit. So it is. It is. Let me say it this way: It is not self control. Is not the fruit of determination. Self control. I can barely even sit down today, everybody. I'm sorry. The self control is not a fruit of determination. Self-control is not a fruit of willpower. Self-control is not a fruit of your tenacity. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit, of the spirit. Now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. So a lot of you want to produce your own fruit when it comes to surrender. That's not how it works. It has to be done by and through the spirit. So write this down, number three. A life, a life that is truly surrendered to God is a life controlled by God. It's not, you're not controlling it. God is controlling it. God is in control of your life. It's a life of surrender. Let me show you this in scripture. Romans chapter seven, verse five. When we were controlled by our sinful nature, and that's the old nature. Sinful desires were at work within us, and the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds, which actually resulted in death. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Let me let's just stop right there. Let me explain this to you because throughout the book of Romans you're going to you're going to read this this in, in in fact an incredible theological teaching throughout the book of Romans that Paul writes. And he's always going back and forth from saying, "Hey, hey, you were under the law, but now you're under grace." 
Don't you understand that if you're under grace, these things happen, but if you're still under the law, this is the type of life that you'll live, and you're not meant to be under law, you're meant to be under under grace. It is, in fact, the dispensation of grace, we would say. So you'd say, well, what is, what is it when he says, but, we have, but, but now we have been released from the law? You, you would think, well, well, pastor, is he saying that we don't need to adhere to the Ten Commandments? Or to all of the rules in the Bible, the, you know, the, the, the laws of God? That's not what he's saying at all. What, what he's actually saying, he says, but now we have been released from the law. So serving God, you could say the law would be serving God according to the rules and regulations. He said, now you've been released from that. And I'll come back to this in a second. But now we have been released from serving God according to just rules and regulations, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living, of living in the spirit. So, so what he's saying is you used to have the relationship with God in which you just had to obey all the rules. And as long as you obeyed the rules, you would be in relationship. And now through the gift of the Spirit, it, 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 everything has changed. It used to be, okay, I obey the laws and that produces a relationship with God. And now... Through the Spirit, it's I have a relationship with God, and that produces obedience in my life. See, obedience was used to build a relationship, and now he's saying that's not the case. Actually, your relationship will produce obedience. Your relationship will produce obedience. So if you have a growing relationship with the Lord, then your obedience to the Lord will also grow simultaneously. See, I'm not the man I was five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I'm a different man these days. Why? Because I have been growing in my relationship with God. And out of that growth in my relationship with God, I've also been growing in obedience. This is good stuff, everybody. And, and you've got to get this right. Because if you just think, well, I've, just got, I've, got, to, I've got to obey, I've got to obey. We, we used to have a guy here at the church years ago. He's passed away uh, uh, now, and I certainly would not have used this illustration if he was still alive, but he can't do anything about it now. So, uh, and, and I'm just, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. That was so bad. So I didn't mean it like that, but sort of. Okay, so, and he would come to me and say, Pastor, what are you going to teach about the Ten Commandments? Uh, this country is in need of rules. This country is disobeying God. And I, I, I would tell him, I'd call him by name and say, listen, I'm not against the Ten Commandments. But you're just looking for behavior modification. And that's not what we're about. We, here at New Song, we're about life change. We're about being controlled by God. We're, we're about a relationship with God that produces obedience but if you, only, if you only teach obedience, and especially if you teach obedience before relationship, you're going to create a legalistic church. In fact, we, we see that all across America. You know this to be true, even with parents, with, all, with, with children, that, that, you know, all the, well, obviously parents, you have children, so there you go. Uh, but if, if you're a parent, rules without relationship leads to 
Rebellion, have you ever heard that? One of the best things that you can do as a parent is yes, you need rules in your house. You do. Come on, parents, you need some rules in your house. But a relationship, a relationship is mandatory because rules without relationship lead to rebellion. You know, our, our children are not rebellious. You know, one of the know the right is we have rules. Don't we have rules and they know the rules. But our relationship with them is so deep, it's so tender, it's so wonderful that the rules are not a burden to our children. They're not a burden to our children. And that's what the Bible says about our relationship with Christ. When we are so in love with God, the rules, we don't even have to think about them anymore. Why? Because of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Is taking over. Let me ask you a question. Concerning the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If I'm operating in all nine of those fruits of the Spirit, will I ever disobey? Let me ask you, if all nine of those fruits of the Spirit are active in my life 24-7, Will I disobey? No. I, I won't. So I don't have to worry about the law. I just grow in my relationship with the Lord. And all of a sudden, my behavior isn't being modified. My flesh is being put to death through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 5, let me show you another one. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, they just think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that pleases the Spirit. So you would say, Pastor, how do I know if I'm being controlled by the Holy Spirit? How do I know if I'm being controlled by the Holy Spirit. You know because you're doing what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. If you, and if you see things in your life that is not what the Holy Spirit wants for, from you, like sin, then you are not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's simple. How do you know if you're being controlled by the Holy Spirit? One of the, the ways is that you're going to start sinning less and less. And you're going to grow in joy, in love, in peace, in gentleness, in kindness. And, and you're going to grow in the gifts of the Spirit. Those are going to be producing harvests in your life. So the less you look like the world is proof that you're being controlled by the Holy Spirit more and more. As much as I wish I could say I'm always controlled by the Holy Spirit, there's none of us in this room that can say that. Or else we would be perfect. And, and, and you're not perfect. And neither am I. Oh, but I'm not the man I used to be. Why? Because I'm giving him more control over and over and over again. So, so let, let me say this. Let me throw this in here too. Don't spend your day trying to lead the Holy Spirit. 
let him lead you. And he'll tell you, hey, 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 don't, don't do that. Yeah, but I really want to. Yeah, don't. Don't do that. So, so we had this little boy. Uh, he lived down the street from us. Um, and and he, he loved, he's just, he just a little guy. And he loved playing with delight. Um, so last year, uh, last summer, not this summer, but the one before that, he would just come over to the house and, and he would say, can Delight come out and play? We'd say, no, I'm sorry, Delight is doing her homework. She, she can't come out. Yeah, but I want her to. And I said, well, I'm sorry. It was so cute. I mean, I hated telling the little guy no. He was so cute. He's like, I'm, I'm sorry, bud. She, she cannot come out and play. She's doing homework. You, you don't understand. I, I want her to come out, though. And sometimes we do that to the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit is saying no, and we, we, yeah, but I want to. Yeah, but you shouldn't. Yeah, but I want to. And then we sin. And when we sin, it always produces a a regret. You know what regret is? It's the evidence of a bad choice. Let me say it this way. Regret is the evidence that we did not listen to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is teaching us broadly and specifically. He, He teaches us broadly through his word. The more you study the word of God, and you should study the word of God, the more you'll know the heart of the Holy Spirit. After all, the Holy Spirit wrote the book. It was inspired of the Holy Spirit. So the more you read the Bible, we have, we have the, the guidelines for how we live this life and how we should live this life. And he speaks to us broadly, but he also speaks to us very specifically. He'll just speak to your heart and tell you to do some things that maybe you wouldn't normally do or normally wouldn't think of. But if it's going to be a blessing to somebody, if it's going to help somebody, I'm telling you, it's the Holy Spirit. So if you... It, it, so, if the whole, let me say, I, I got tons of examples come through my mind. You guys have heard some of these before. If ever I see a fire engine or if I ever see an ambulance, I just immediately pray. I just immediately pray. Well, how do you know if that's the Holy Spirit? Well, is the devil going to tell me to pray? I don't think so. Right? Just, just, I, I could tell you story after story. I'll just, just a couple of days ago, in fact, on Friday, uh, my wife and I, or was it Thursday? I forget. We, we were flying back from Birmingham, and we were in, in Atlanta. We had a connecting flight in Atlanta. Atlanta is a very large airport, and uh, we, um, we, between flights, decided, okay, we're going to get something small to eat before we make the final trip home, the final leg home. And so I went to this Chick Fil A. How many know the glory of the Lord rests on Chick Fil A, right? <laughs> so I went to Chick Fil A, and you can imagine busy airport. If you've ever been to Atlanta, it's a big airport. And the line out, out from Chick-fil-A is just long. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have to wait here for a long time. And this young lady behind the counter was working it like a boss, everybody. I'm telling you, she, she was taking like three orders at one time and saying, okay, you pay here. What can I get for you? Uh, and, and then telling the next person, hey, be looking at the menu. I'll help you in just a second. And she's literally talking to three people, multitasking. I mean, like a boss. She was all by herself. She was the only one working the counter at the Atlanta Chick-fil-A airport, everybody. I'm telling you, you know how Chick-fil-A can get, right? Well, imagine it at the airport. And she's working it like a boss, and, and as I'm getting close to the line, I just, I just think a thought. You need to bless her. Okay? My, my thought was, well, I don't want to. My thought was, how much? Because I knew what the Lord was asking. And I, I had, and, and the first thought, just hand her a $20 bill. Okay? So I just pull out my wallet. Hand her, now, I didn't feel the Lord asked to give her 100 or I would have. I had it to give. I could have handed her 100 bucks. I didn't. 
I didn't hand her five because I just really felt the Holy Spirit just say, give her 20 bucks. Okay, out, out comes a $20 bill and I just hand it to her. I said, I want you to know you are doing incredible and, and God loves you very much. Just starts crying right there. And, and to tell you the truth, before that, she was smiling. She was laughing with God. It wasn't like she was angry or depressed. It wasn't like that. She was like, just, I mean, perfect, the perfect employee. Like if I had a chance to bring her on our staff here, I would in a second. That's how awesome she was. And smiling the whole time. But as the moment I said, here, I just want to bless you. I want you to know God loves you. Just <laughs> tears. And, and the smile never went away. And she said, you don't, sir, you don't have to do that. I said, oh, I want to. I want to. And she, she very slowly took it. Can I tell you? You say, well, how do you know that, that was the voice of, of the Holy Spirit? Would the devil tell you to do that, everybody? And that's how I measure it. Would the devil tell me to do this? And if the devil wouldn't tell me to do it, I just do it. I, I, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe how many meals that we buy for people. And in fact, if you want to know the truth, I gave away $20 bills two different times just over the last couple of days. Because I'm I'm, I want to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. I want to be a blessing. I, I want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's not about how much money I have in my wallet. It's about what I can do for the glory of God's name, everybody. See, I want to be, live a life controlled by the Holy Spirit. I, I've learned I don't try to lead the Holy Spirit. I just follow his lead. Because when I lead, it produces regrets. When he leads... It produces an incredible life. I'm, I'm going to teach you something that actually years ago, you've heard this from me and from Pastor Josh and from Pastor Pat. We learned it from Pastor Chris Hodges, who I was just with this past week. And he says this, number four, write this down. That having more of the Holy Spirit in my life, it doesn't make me better than you. It's not a competition. It doesn't make me better than you. It actually makes me better than me. Because this isn't about me out, this isn't about Justin outperforming you. This is about Justin being the Justin that God called Justin to be. It's, it's not a competition, everybody. It's just being who God called you to be for the glory of his name. And when you live that life of surrender, you'll live a great life. We've been saying it every single week that the level of your surrender will determine the greatness of your life. The level of your surrender will determine the greatness of your life. I don't know about you, but I want to live a great life. I want to live a life with no regrets. I want to live a life the type of life that when, I, when, when I'm with people, whether in passing or long-term, that they walk away and they say, wow, Justin was such a blessing to me. But not for my glory. Because I want them to see Jesus in me. The hope of glory. I, I want them to see the joy of following and surrendering my life to Christ. I want him to be glorified in all things at all times. And I've learned if I want to live that life, I have to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit not only calls me out of sin, he not only calls me out of darkness, he calls me into light.
He doesn't just call me out of sin. He calls me into blessings. Not only to receive blessings. I'm not even saying that. He, he not only calls me out of sin, he calls me into the life of being a blessing to other people. And you'll never know what true joy is until you learn to serve somebody else. I'm just telling you the truth. You'll never know what true joy is until you give your life away. And, and you ought to see the smiles. You, you ought to see... You ought to see the times. I wish I could. I just have so many that are coming to my mind, but I'll tell you another story really quickly. Just a, a few weeks ago, somebody who does not attend church here came up to me. They know they know I'm a pastor. They're, they're part of the city here. And they, they knew me from city functions that I that I attended, some of those things that I spoke at. And they, they said, hey, pastor, uh, you know, I, I really, could, could you pray? Because I, I got something going on here and, I won't tell you what it was, but they, they told me what was happening in their, in their world. They said, would you pray about it? I said, I'll not only pray about it, I'll pray about it right now with you. I said, could we just pray right now? And, and they started crying and said, you would do that? Absolutely, I would do that. See, what, when, and, you, and a lot of you know this, if you email me, if you text me and just say, hey, I need some prayer, my response to you is always, I'm, I'm not just praying, I'm praying right now because I want you to know I care for you. And, and I don't want to go throughout my day and then at nighttime, oh yeah, I forgot to pray for, oh Lord, help so-and-so. I don't want to do it out of obligation. I want to do it to be a blessing and I want to do it so that God will, I, I want to join my faith with yours so that God will do a miracle because there's power in prayer and there's power in unity. I know that. So I want to pray right then. And a lot of times, how many times have you heard the voice of the Holy Spirit in the moment as you're with somebody saying, no, give right now. No, pray right now. No, talk to them right now. Invite them to Christ right now. You're like, ah, I don't know if that's God. Would the devil tell you to do it? Would the devil tell me to pray for somebody? I, I don't think so. So I just do it. Well, boy, you're pretty bold. I, I'm going to tell you something. It's amazing what you could do when you're filled with the Spirit of God. The things that you never used to be able to do, you'll be able to do under the guidance and under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and will endue you with power to be my witnesses, Jesus says. And I need more power if I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I need more power. I need more of the Spirit of God. I'm asking you to stand up with me. And I'm going to call you to something new song like never before you we need the Holy Spirit like never before let me say it this way you'll never be fully who God wants you to be until you fully surrender to the Holy Spirit you'll never be who God really wants you to be you'll never fulfill the full purposes of God in your life until you live a life of surrender and when you surrender, you'll grow in grace, you'll grow in love, you'll grow in the fruit of the Spirit, you'll grow in the gifts of the Spirit. And it'll be easier to say no to sin and easier to say yes to God. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Let, let me say it another way. You cannot survive without the Holy Spirit in your life. You can't do this on your own. 
And a lot of churches don't even teach about the power of the Spirit today. Why? Because they think it's controversial. Can I tell you something? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will give you good and perfect gifts. That every good and perfect gift comes down from God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one. And every gift that the Holy Spirit gives you is going to be wonderful. You say, well, what gifts is he going to give me? I don't know. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gives gifts as he determines, as he determines. So, so there are some gifts in me that, that, that my wife doesn't really operate in very often, and she certainly has gifts that I don't operate. My wife has the gift of discernment like I've never seen in a person. And there have been times where she said, hey, you watch out for them. Well, I, I think they're great. They are not great. You know, you know, how many of those wives just kind of say it like it is? And you know, it always it just proves to be right because my wife has this gift of discernment and it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I've asked the Lord, Lord, I want that gift too. Like, and by, did you know the Bible says to pursue gifts, especially gifts that build up the church, especially the gift of prophecy. You're like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. Why? It's a good gift. It's a wonderful gift. Prophecy is nothing more than just speaking the heart of God. Don't you want to be able to speak the heart of God to everybody you come in contact with? Well, you should desire the gift of prophecy. And it doesn't have to be weird. It's perfect. It's good. So what's he going to give you? I don't know, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good every single day. I would challenge you to pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, more of you. More of you. And we're going to ask for that right now. Are you ready? Let's open up our hands toward heaven as always, just as an act of surrender, symbolically surrendering to the Lord. Holy Spirit, more of you. More of you. Sometimes I have a stony, stubborn heart. But, but I want a heart that is tender. I want a heart that's soft, receptive to the things of my Heavenly Father. So remove all of the stubbornness out of my heart. Remove the stones out of my heart. I can't do it on my own, Holy Spirit. I can't do it. I don't have the power, but you do. You are, after all, God, the Holy Spirit, omnipotent. Nothing is impossible with you. But today, I'm, I want more of you because there's some flesh in my life that doesn't need to be improved. It needs to be put to death. It needs to die. There's some things in my life I'm just tired of dealing with. And I'm asking for more of you. I'm asking for more of you. Fill me, Holy Spirit, with more of you. With more of you. In this day, and in every day to come, I choose a life of surrender. In fact, new song, would you repeat after me? Say, in this day. Come on, say it again. In this day and in every day to come, I choose a life of surrender. Fill me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you. Nobody moving around. 
Don't let a day go by that you don't pray for more of the Spirit of God in your life. And it will help you. He will help you. He will help you. Live a life with no regrets. I promise you, you'll live your greatest life when you live a life of surrender. And the level of your surrender will determine the greatness of your life. I want to live a great life in Christ for the glory of his name. If you receive the word of the Lord today, say amen. Amen. I love you guys so much. I'm so glad you're here. Next week, don't come alone. One invitation can change a life, all right? God bless you guys. I'll see you out in the lobby. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.